1: The best things happen after dark. Nightclubs are the ultimate spaces for self-expression, escape, music, socialising and forgetting for a moment the outside world. Going out is a way to discover ourselves, who we really are, what we really like. We find new friends and fall in love on the dance floor. As humans, we like to move to a beat and there's nothing like a good night out. I'm Jodie Harsh. I'm a DJ and producer and I've spent most of my life going out-out. I know how to tear up a dance floor and in this podcast I chat with my guests about how club culture and going out has helped shape their identities and inform their work In season one we were locked down unable to partake in nocturnal activities so we could only talk about our memories of nightlife Now we're back out there and I've got a truly amazing guest list for season two So let's dive into those hazy memory banks and hit the floor This is Life of the Party Today's guest embodies the true spirit of dance music. Born in Kentucky, her DJ roots began in the DJ booth of Chicago's iconic Smart Bar, and it's a priority of hers to challenge the status quo both on and off the dance floor. Her DJ shows are legendary. She's regarded as one of the finest selectors in the game. Her remixes and productions pay homage to dance music's roots and showcase a fresh edge. Her taste and curation skills have produced Residency Series and Dua Lipa's Club Future Nostalgia Remix project. And she is, of course, the voice behind the conversation in Fred again's We've Lost Dancing. It's the blessed Madonna.
0: Hi! How are you? Oh, just thrilled to be here having this totally natural chat with you.
1: Absolutely. And we're finally together.
0: Finally together. We've been
1: wanting this to happen this for a long time. This was foretold by the ancients. I want to have a really fun chat just about nightlife and how it's influenced your life, your career, your personality, and I'd, I'd assume quite quite a lot.
0: Pretty much everything. I
1: don't have being, hobbies. Exactly same. That's it. <laughs> what was your earliest memory of partying? It could be like, was there a birthday party when you were a child? Like,
0: um, well my um, I grew up in this sort of weird situation. My grandmother was uh had a took care of all of the children of uh the professors that my grandfather was a professor at the school where he he taught and so we would have these sort of massive parties every year and she would i 'm a Halloween baby so she would make a she would take two bunt cakes and turn them into a a pumpkin
1: oh okay
0: and uh so we would have halloween costume parties
1: are you, are you a halloween fan i am yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> i
0: crazy about horror movies love the season love the at least the concept of getting dressed up all of it
1: yeah the concept but what about the execution
0: uh i'm I'm pretty good at it.
1: Yeah, you, do you dress up?
0: I, I yeah, sometimes. I met my husband. Uh, my when on Halloween, I was my friend was dressed as Andy Warhol, and I was dressed
1: as Edie Sedgwick. Okay, amazing, amazing. <laughs> it's <was>
0: pretty good. <laughs> and My husband was dressed as uh, Michael Meyer from Halloween. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah. But with a real hatchet.
1: What w- okay? <laughs> what would your dream club from the past be?
0: I mean, I think you got to say Paradise Garage. Mm-hmm. It, it, just for every possible reason. Um, I've heard so much about it from Joe Shanahan, who owns Smart Bar, who who went there quite a lot. Yeah. And from people who were, you know, regular visitors. And so I would love to see the way that it or or the warehouse, mm-hmm. the warehouse. It's another one that uh, because I have so many people in my life who have memories of it. Yeah. That I would love to have that experience firsthand.
1: And what about that the loft, for example? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Any of that kind of era.
0: Any of, like, of that kind of era. I would not turn any of them down. And
1: no invitations turned down. I I'd go for Studio 54.
0: Which, sure. You know, oh yeah. I mean that would be earlier. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Of
1: course. Just to see exactly what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. Um what was your first ever DJ gig like? Do you remember it well?
0: Yeah, I played a party called Bass Fetish. Right. With a a great a, name actually. With a very classy flyer that was like, uh, can we say dirty words on
1: it? 100% as more the better. Okay, yeah. great.
0: <laughs> uh the flyer was basically uh, uh the needle for a turntable and a tongue coming out and it just kind of looked like a cum shot.
1: Got it. Okay. Like <laughs> there was a little,
0: there was a little rope of jizz between the tongue and the queer party? Uh they kind of all were at Pretty that true. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. was no it, in Kentucky. There was no real differentiation between one thing or another. It was just anybody that didn't fit anywhere else.
1: Got it. Got it. Now I've heard you say that you've DJed everywhere from empty clubs to burger bars on your journey, which has <laughs> which has spanned a couple of couple of decades. Yeah. Right. So how um, you obviously now you're you're positioned right at the top of lineups and i feel the same about my journey like it's it's been a slog like we've put the, the we've put the work in we've played the empty dance floor 20
0: year overnight sensation exactly
1: <laughs> exactly so how important has that long journey been to get to where you are now what have you learned like how important was that slog
0: i think there's a lot of um you, you take less things for granted because you know how fast it can be snatched away and how yeah. hard it is to to even to even pay the rent mm-hmm. is such a big success Yeah, in any capacity. And then anything over that just feels like gravy. Um, I, I think probably my temperament is a little bit more even keeled if like I had gotten what I wanted when I was 23 years old.
1: Ego would have been.
0: I, I, I didn't even know if it would have been that as much as it would have been. I would have just had a nervous breakdown. Got it. I, you know, I'm naturally kind of a shy person in my real life. And so that part of it, I just the and the, the internet part of it is so difficult that I don't think as a younger person, I would have been prepared to deal with the the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune.
1: Totally. And the, the comment, like you say, the internet, like the comments on social media and all of that kind of stuff. Like.
0: Right. I wasn't ready for it when it happened in the first place. Right. and right. then, But I think to you know shave 10, 15 years off of that, and I, I would have just, they would have had to section me. Right, right. <laughs> Straight up.
1: Right, and you were the you were the booker at the legendary Smart Bar. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're such a curator of talent. Um, tell us about what's special about that place. I've actually never been.
0: Well, Smart Bar is amazing, and yeah. uh, I, it goes without saying that you would love Queen on Sundays.
1: it's uh, yeah. De- De- Derek. That's is, yeah, yeah. It's that's
0: Derek, and it's Michael Serafini, yeah, and yeah. Garrett David, and. So many legendary hosts have come out of there too. I mean, half of the cast of Drag Race has yeah. been through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In fact, uh, really, uh, uh, Dan Pollock, who is Shea Coulee's partner, yeah. Dan and I worked together in the office at Smart Bar. Dan was the creative, the visual director for Metro and Smart Bar, and he was a huge part in really making Queen really for the queens. Mm-hmm because Dan was so immersed in um, drag culture. And he really insisted on that part of it and making sure that we had really top-notch hosts and people like, you know, I mean, everybody, so many people, everybody, you know, legends like, Jojo Baby was already there, but um, Dan really brought in like lots of young, fresh, really avant-garde queens like Sissy Spastic, who doesn't, who doesn't, she doesn't work in nightlife anymore, but she's just incredible, and so many other people. You know, obviously Shay and yeah. and um, Lucy Stool, and all of all of those people who are just so such boundary pushers, and um, you know, to be even a little part of that was such a huge deal. Yeah. Queen was definitely one of the things that kind of hung in there it started off and it was the it was the little it was the little party that could I mean there were nights when it was just 50 people that right. would show up right and we just I say we. What I really mean is Derek and yeah. everybody. They just hung in there,
1: built it
0: up, built it up, and it became yeah. this incredible dynasty. Yeah. And the club itself. I mean, they we, call it
1: the home of house, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So
0: we are celebrating our 40th anniversary this Ins-
1: year. That's incredible. It's insane. Yeah. Are you going yeah. over for that? I am. Yeah. 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 As, yeah. as you should <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure, yeah.
0: and uh it'll be a real cast of characters, you know, yeah I'm sure jamie principal and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know it's going to be everybody and their mother, and it's and, and it's been in the same place the whole time, yeah, same owner
1: yeah it's amazing when one of these um when you get one of these nightclubs, just like literally a space four walls that breeds so much talent, it's just amazing,
0: yeah, I yeah. went back and looked at the calendar from previous talent buyers um because it's one calendar that's been digitized right looking back you know 10 15 years and it's just crazy it's like oh you, know, you got moody man on wednesday night yeah. 50 people showed up yeah you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. just real casual like incredible lineups and yeah. and that persisted even in times when chicago's nightlife was not so strong yeah you know it chicago is not like london right london london is kind of always going off somewhere yeah Yeah. and that is not true in chicago
1: why do you think why do you think that is and i think there's a whole there's a whole ecosystem that's just in chicago right as well
0: that's right well i think there's a lot of factors one one is for sure racism black events have been disproportionately targeted and beyond that just all of the factors that make it hard to be black in chicago from redlining in neighborhoods to you know just all kinds of, it it's 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 this massive nebulous systemic thing some of it is just about uh, waves
1: mm, yeah <laughs>
0: um the city itself though goes through waves some of it is just house culture um there's a lot of it's, it's an old scene, so there's a lot of old business, and it can be very divided along certain lines, but then on, there are times when that goes away. I mean, it, The Chosen Few Picnic, it's, you know, it's 50,000 people, and right. it's, a, it's a reunion, it's right. literally like a family reunion. So it, it's, it's, a complex, it's a complex thing, yeah. but when it's good, it's better than anywhere in the world.
1: Right, right. Is there a culture of homophobia? In the city.
0: This is, this is just my opinion for whatever it's worth. Yeah. But I say this as a person who knows, you know, a lot of the people involved and certainly from from booking shows at Smart Bar and and for the time that I was there working with the Frankie, Nuc- Frankie Nichols Foundation and just, just being around stuff, working at the label that I worked at. There is this sort of important impulse right now to go... And make sure that the queer parts of dance culture are are written into the history books, and that it is not lost because a lot of that uh, there is constant erasure of that going on
1: totally and black culture and, and black culture. culture
0: yeah, and then on the other hand there is the other side of that is that there is a tendency to kind of utopianize. Mm-hmm. The history of, of dance culture. Like and, it's always
1: been for all.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that it was this kind of queer utopia. I and, see, and, yeah. and that is partially true, and it is true in spaces and waves and moments, but it's also about the collision between worlds as much as anything. There are many, many, many... Um, so much of nightlife culture in Chicago is um, is queer and accepting and all all of those things. The other side of it is, is there's a bunch of super homophobic religious guys.
1: Right, right, of course, <laughs> yeah.
0: Super duper homophobic straight religious guys. There's also a bunch of guys who are closeted.
1: Yeah, the and, people running the city, do you mean? I like mean,
0: that? just people in the scene. Right. I mean, the the the... the Early club culture had all of those things in it, and a lot of it is very, very, very gay. But some of those guys that are absolutely foundational pieces of dance music culture are straight, hyper-religious, conservative, and deeply homophobic.
1: And that shocks me, being in nightlife culture. That oh, people, that it would attract. It
0: doesn't shock me. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, and I, it's all of those things. And so for me, I think that some of that collision is also about what it is that, that, like if you took Boom Boom Room on Mondays, which was a real dynasty that ran forever and ever and ever in Chicago, and I think there may even still be a version of it now, very gay. The, the Jojo Baby was a host, you know, like very, very, very gay, but also like the cop that lived next door to me would go.
1: Right, right.
0: And it's a crossing point. Yeah. While it may skew gay and gay-friendly and queer and trans and queens and everything in the yeah. world, the it's not just that. And yeah. that, that, that tension is a part of the culture too. Right, got it, got it
1: let's talk about um berlin because mm-hmm. i think i think i'm sure i play, i saw you play at the panorama bar once i'm, I'm sure, sure.
0: I'm, I'm i'm the returning champion yeah <laughs>
1: big big fan of the city <laughs> to say the least yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I mean I, I i don't think that i would have a career without berlin for right. sure right
1: interesting why is that
0: they were the first ones to put me overseas
1: right okay the very first trip the,
0: the reason i got a plane ticket was wow. because of panorama Bar wow. on a sunday night
1: tell us what what you love about because that room. That I was actually talking, I was with Jessie Ware last week doing doing this oh, podcast. Jessie Love, Ware. she's never been to Panorama Bar, so I was describing the way the oh, blinds wanna, open. Oh, I want to take her. Oh, let's a girls' trip. Uh, <laughs> let's, I just got my
0: next date. <laughs> so when are you playing? Uh, I can't say.
1: Okay, but but coming up. It's coming. Maybe okay. maybe
0: maybe I'll have to, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe a we'll a have to kidnap yeah, Jessie. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it 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 was totally terrifying to me because I had never been out of America. Right. I was 35 or 36. I don't know how right. old, but, you know, I'd been DJing for, like, 15 or 16 years. I started DJing in 1999, and I finally got the job and wanted it at Smart Bar, and literally the day that I moved into the desk at the at the good job, I got the call that uh, I had been offered a show at Panorama Bar, which seemed insane to me. Like, I just, I didn't, I didn't think it was possible, and, um
1: you feel like someone was playing a trick on you? (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I called my boyfriend at the time, now husband, and woke him up. Because he had just been um, a few months before. And he had said, this room, it's for you. Mm. And I thought, yeah, right, dude. Yeah, You know, not a chance. Because I wasn't playing hardly anywhere. And then in a period of six months or a year or however long it was, started to change i had started to put out records and so on and so forth and then the offer came and i didn't even have a passport and the u.s government was shut down at the time because of a budget thing and so it was like can i get my passport in time and it was this mad rush and um uh zernel the great amazing disco dj okay yeah um (laughs) And perfumier, he started. Okay. A, he's got a new perfume called oh. Disco, which is meant to be lovely. That's, okay, neat. Oh. <laughs> I did not know about <laughs> this. Shout out to him. He <laughs> he loves. He's he's a man who loves a scent. Okay. Um, but Zer- a nose. We call them a nose. He's, he's got a he's nose. That, yeah, he, that's the,
1: the industry term for um, a perfume. He is yeah. he
0: is a nose. Yes, I love that. I love. That. <laughs> um, we're in,
1: We're ears. Yes, right. You, yeah. <laughs> but
0: Zernel had to teach me how to pack. Right. He was like, when you pack, you're going to have these kinds of problems with weight limits on records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you're going to need this and make sure that you have this kind of light in your bag. Make sure you bring backup needles and then do this and this and this. And then when you get to immigration, this is what you tell them. Right,
1: with no visa. So, he's like, yeah, yeah. It, it
0: was like... Three words you need to learn. I'm on holiday.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly, he exactly. was like,
0: what are you saying? I was like, I'm on holiday. Yeah. I'm on holiday. That's
1: what I used to do when I used to go to America before uh, I got visas. Uh, Just so nervous going through American customs.
0: <gasps> oh, because if they oh, get you, they get you over you there. i
1: banned for 10 years. <laughs> I have an O one one visa now, but oh my God, the nerve of queuing, <laughs> queuing up at JFK. It's
0: true. I'm with... on holiday.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, don't bring any records. Don't no. bring anything. No. Yeah, so I got there and, and I was terrified and um my hands were shaking and I went on and it took about fifteen minutes for the terror to wear off. But once it did, I it was like it felt as much like any calling
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine it's how like priests feel or right. doctors right, or right. firemen or whatever. And it just
1: felt it felt right.
0: Yeah. Home. Kind of yeah,
1: vibe. I read somebody that you have played Snacks in I, Berlin, the infamous sex club.
0: I have played.
1: I love that you've just gone across all these different types of dance halls. How was how was it playing at? It's a fetish party, isn't it? I've actually never been, but
0: yeah. So there's two s- Snackses. Okay. Snacks eye. Yeah. <laughs> there's two Snacks I a year. Uh, one is on Easter weekend usually, and then there's another one. I think, in the fall, and the they have themes. Yeah. Mine, I believe, was Snacks FC. So it was everybody in little football outfits. Oh, cute.
1: It was actually very <laughs> hot. My cute. Okay. My husband,
0: my husband uh, loves football, and he okay. came with me, and, and, and he just loves the club anyway. So he came in his little Ukrainian football outfit. Right,
1: right, right. It nice. was very cute. Yeah. And
0: actually... Uh, I took Derek Carter. Yeah. So I was playing in Snacks, and then I was going to play upstairs at Panorama. Also, the uh, oh Snacks I, is at Bergheim. It is. Oh, I see. So it's, it's in the I laboratory. See.
1: I see, and it's sexy, sexy, right? It's a it's fetish night. Oh yes. Yeah, it's like it's it's sex, period. Yes. Yeah, got it, got it, got it. I love that you've just pl- played all these different types of dance balls, and that's just like weaves into the tapestry of.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I when I started going to. To clubs and stuff, I mean, I was always sneaking into into gay, cl- even leather clubs right. as a kid.
1: Right, right. Like
0: 16 years old. Yeah. Because I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, which is has quite a, quite a big leather scene. Really? It does. Interesting. And we had our own warehouse, right. which was quite draggy, but also like uh, industrial was quite big then. Right. It's like drag and industrial and punk, and then also kind of like... You know, Euro Euro Disco and, you know, it was and um, a club called The Connection, which had drag shows, but then also um, had quite a big dance floor and lots of like high energy and stuff.
1: Okay, I didn't know that this pocket of queerness and openness existed in Kentucky. I've never been to the city. Well,
0: the the South is quite um, complex.
1: Right. And I guess there's a reaction to how it's very religious, isn't it? And it's
0: It is, but then like the punk part of it is like the B fifty twos. Right, of course. There's a lot of that kind of like just insane chaotic gay shit.
1: Got it. Love. <laughs> Which we love.
0: Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I always think of us DJs as storytellers. Do you play differently depending on your mood or the room or Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't plan anything You and... don't
1: plan? That was going to be my next yeah, question. Yeah, I don't yeah. plan
0: anything. I just kind of go in and try to figure it out. Yeah i'll make kind of a general playlist a little
1: folder in the right but i bring
0: everything yeah. so uh yeah I, just, I try to i try to react to what's going on usually i'll try to pick whatever what i think the first record will be yeah so that that's not so i don't walk up and i'm like oh my god what am i doing
1: yeah like like so this is going scrolling through right. going ah you've know you two playing, minutes right if you know who's <laughs> playing
0: before you you yeah. can kind of guess like like just at least generally what's going to happen like you know uh, this last weekend honey dijon was on before me so i i knew approximately where she would end up i knew that it would be you know housey to a degree yeah so i i i I knew how to i know how to come off the back of her set and so usually i'll have kind of like the very beginning plan but then it's just like reading the room and trying to Trying to not screw it up.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the story of our lives. <laughs> Does grow up. Um, you curated and exec produced uh, Dua Lipa's remix album, and. I loved it. I am such a fan of the remix album as well. And I, I guess it sort of started with the Eurythmics. I think were the first people to do like an actual remix album.
0: Um, I, I think you might be right. Yeah. And uh, Madonna Madonna's also was you cool. You Can Dance. You Can Dance was also in there. She was quite totally. uh, quite out over the edge on 100%. that.
1: 100%. And uh, that was Shep Pettibone, right? Did, yeah. did You Can uh, Dance. Yeah. yeah.
0: He was basically most of her remixes was yeah. a, 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 for many, many, many years. Yeah. So how did that come
1: about? How did the Dua Lipa project like form?
0: Well, I had done a remix for her, um, her project that she did with Mark Ronson and Diplo. Yeah, and we, I remember, yeah, great song. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's that's a great record.
1: Electricity. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and so and then we met at Block Nine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In uh Glastonbury, In Glastonbury
0: yeah. yeah it's uh we we met there and she was perfectly lovely. Yeah. She is just as lovely as she as you want her to be. Yeah. Um it's it's not fake, which is almost like a terrifying thing. Yeah. That yeah. anybody can be like that talented and also beautiful and completely lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not fair. Yeah. Uh, she's like eleven feet tall, yeah, you know, looks great in a cat suit and yeah. is the nicest person in the yeah.
1: world. Okay. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> so um when the when the lockdown happened, I had just run home at top speed from australia so that i didn't get stuck over there oh, yeah and i was just
1: there last week yeah
0: yeah
1: great love place. love great place yeah. to get stuck absolutely quite yeah. far away
0: from home i think very far I, I i have great friends there yeah yeah but uh i don't think i would have liked to have been away from london for two years no no, no.
1: it's far away from home. it's
0: very far away from yeah. home
1: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: So um, it, it actually, it happened quite organically. Um, she just reached out and was like, "Let you know, let's do a mixtape version of this. Yeah. And I knew that I would have access to samples. I knew that I would also be asked to make new work for it and that I um, I would do some of the remixing and uh, essentially also kind of create some things from scratch, and then I would remix all the remixes, yeah and then mix it all together,
1: got it, so curating just this Every, sonic project uh, yeah, of, yeah, I mean
0: everything I had to engineer everything um and uh did
1: you start that just as we went into lockdown then was that
0: that's right, yeah, right. so just at home in my attic right, and wow. there was no there was no one else wow, so um Commissioned all the remixes, waited for them to come in, and then while I was waiting for them to come in, I made the remix of Love is a Religion, which I think is really actually the only version of it. There really is no original. Okay. um, Or not one that's ever appeared in any kind of, like, real capacity. Oh, so
1: that wasn't on her original album. No, I say Right, so it's a real mixed bag of just like.
0: Right, yeah, I had the vocals from it, and uh, and I just produced it okay. uh, all over from the beginning, um, and then um, I was asked to do the levitating remix. Yeah, and they asked who I would want, and it was Dua and I both asked for the same people.
1: Yeah, I mean that really is. I mean. It doesn't really get better.
0: We're like, what if we could get Madonna and Missy Elliott on it? And she had said the same thing and it was like, okay. And then they both said yes immediately. Yeah. yeah. So and it doesn't get better though. It does not get better. That's than that. like it. And they were both great. And I <laughs> yeah. I remember when I got I got a text message with Missy's part on it. And I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And
1: we just got scared to open it. we like looking uh, at your phone I, like,
0: I mean, ah. I knew how great it would be, but I was yeah. like, ah!
1: I do, it, yeah. And then
0: we got Madonna's bits, and yeah. there's actually an alternative take that didn't come out where she actually does Lucky Star for a minute.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh,
0: was, that
1: has to come out in some form at some point uh, one day. If it
0: does, it will not be because <laughs> of me. I, 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 I put it into the vault in the back of the warehouse next to the Ark of the Covenant.
1: Got it, got it. Uh, <laughs>
0: And then I finished it, and the I was very really lucky to have Mike Dean mix it. He's incredible, amazing. Yeah, Who, uh,
1: he works with Madonna a lot. He well, does isn't? that. Yeah, she yeah. wanted
0: Mike Dean to mix the record, so it. it was such an honor to to have that that done. And then and then all the other things started to come in, and there's the sample clearance process. So basically, I treated every remix as something that was to be remixed. Then, so yeah. all the little bits, if you compare like the originals to what ended up happening, yeah. It's kind of like uh, I remixed the remixes and then turned it into an album and and did it completely alone in my pajamas yeah.
1: amazing, amazing no, no
0: real studio, yeah. nothing everything was just
1: did you have to just switch off from the news outside and stuff and just were you in a bit of a bubble just working on that project? Cause it's such a vast project
0: yeah it it I was there was a period where I was working like ten twelve hours a yeah. day yeah. and but it was great for me because uh, you know it, it was the longest I'd ever had to like work alone yeah and to just try and make a million different things there were things that didn't make it onto the album there were samples that didn't get cleared there's a whole new version of the beginning of it that didn't happen that had another pop star involved who shall remain nameless but it it was some (laughs) legendary business right and to be working with all of those people and 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 then you know i was of course taking up all the all the hobbies, the little house on the prairie hobbies that everybody tried to do. Like I was like, oh. Banana bread. <laughs> uh, my husband did, did banana bread, yeah. and, and I would, did embroidery. I was sitting oh. there embroidering one day and do a face she's like, She's like, how far along are we in this? Do we have time for Gwen Stefani? And I was like, Yes. Yes, we do.
1: <laughs> we'll make time for Gwen Stefani. Yes, yeah. and
0: <laughs> if it's just incredible.
1: Yeah. How did you approach the project um, from the point of view of the nightclub? Because I feel like you can really fill certain club spaces in fer- certain tracks
0: totally yeah yeah. were you sort
1: of envisioning this is this dance floor this is
0: well there was the question of whether it would be radio future nostalgia or club future nostalgia
1: right right
0: because there was a part of me that thought about it that it would be like an old school chicago dance radio mix Yeah, like like a WBMX kind of thing, but then it ended up feeling more clubby, and I think because I was just feeling really homesick for clubs.
1: Totally, I was going to say because we'd literally lost the dance floor in in that in that moment. Like you kind of helped this project help keep the dance floor alive, and conversations going on about the importance of nightlife and all that kind of stuff happened around the release of this. Yeah,
0: like for me, like uh, levitating and love is religion were definitely things that I imagined how they would sound in Panorama Bar.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure that other people were that way. Um, I think we were all kind of in that headspace. Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess you kind of, with your head sort of still on the dance floor while you were making this project, like helped that homesickness that you described. Yeah, and
0: I was just totally weirded out. I had no idea what was gonna happen. I mean, I was, I had to shield the whole time. So I was mm. actually in the house for like a year, mm-hmm. like over yeah. a year. Yeah. No contact with anyone. I think I got to leave the house like less than 10 times.
1: What a fucking mad time we've just lived through.
0: I it t- Completely. And I still it still
1: can't, it, still my head's blown when I think about like, when a year ago we literally were in lockdown.
0: When it was over, it was like, like, there was this period of adjustment. Yeah, I felt like when you come up too deep from the ocean and you get the bins. Yeah I started to go Into like rooms because I started my album and was suddenly in sessions with people all the time Yeah, and I hadn't been in a room with anybody other than my husband. Yeah, and it completely flipped me out.
1: right right um, Also, of course, we've lost dancing with fred again spoke to people because there was this sort of universal feeling about the importance of nightlife and conversations going on about that which you know is this single really really kind of pushed as well um and it was empathetic empathetic is that the right way I'm saying that? it is yeah, empathetic it is. Oh, um it's a big question but what does the notion of nightlife and the nightclub mean to you that's obviously a huge question
0: you know it it's changed mm. for me um in some ways, I think now, when I'm writing and talking about nightlife, there is this kind of space from it, even though it's what I do for my job, at least part of the time. I think that being in lockdown for so long changed, changed me in ways that I don't know that you can totally come back from. And it, it made me look at things at arm's length and so a lot of times when I'm writing or whatever, I, I feel like I'm writing about memory rather than like direct apprehension of whatever the thing is, even though I'm there all the time now. And that will probably change because I'm getting ready to go on tour for real, mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, which is going to kill me and also send me into a total downward yeah. spiral.
1: How, how do you deal with touring? I don't work very well when I'm tired so i'm
0: quite i'm quite good at being tired right Um, i am i am one of the all-time great sleep deprivation champions i'm the opposite
1: (laughs) which is not great for a touring dj it
0: is not Um, how do
1: you um how do you deal with it the traveling uh
0: i think the fact that before i was even on the road like for a living because i grew up being on the midwest rave circuit which is a sort of similar situation
1: no so sleep, basically. No sleep, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, and and it is a skill that you can learn. Mm-hmm. It, it it is not an easy skill to learn, but I'm a very good power napper. Mm. I sleep well on planes. Mm-hmm. I sleep well sitting up. Mm. I good. all of that stuff, and um, but I mean it is it's a pretty damaging thing. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah uh
1: for me it's more it's it's a mental thing it's not just like feeling exhausted it's it's not it's it's, not
0: physical for me at all it's mental
1: exactly it's the inner saboteur and all those things
0: i'm not gonna lie i had a little freak out this weekend before i played right i did yeah it's like oh my god how am i gonna go do an impression of myself
1: right right right
0: there's this kind of like i don't think it's even imposter syndrome because i I know that i know that it's me yeah all that stuff is real and it's not like I feel like I can't d j or I'm gonna go in and mess up or something like that. It's like uh it's like the the person at home finally got a second to breathe mm. and I got used to I got used to being able to be that person mm. and and to enjoy actual closeness with other people and and normal things and I like to get up at five thirty or six in the morning right. and, and um To be a boring married lady, I actually, I love that stuff.
1: Yeah. And you just had the opportunity to do that for a year and a half Now it's all back to it.
0: And I had never had that.
1: Right, right. I was
0: like a raver all the way up until college. I went to college and went straight back into it. Moved to Chicago like the next day. Yeah. Was immediately, in one way or another, always in the nightlife. And so... Some people over lockdown didn't know what to do because they they were so invested in that one thing. And for me it was like, oh
1: this is great. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm breathe. <laughs> right. Like, oh oh my space. god, I'm going to yeah.
0: catch up on all of the true crime TV Yeah. Shows. I was like real housewives all. Oh like, my Let's god. Let's
1: go. <laughs> oh yeah, 90 Day Fiancé. Yeah. Do you love a bit of Trash Uh, TV? Oh, my God. I love Trash TV. I love, I'm
0: crazy about 90 Day Fiancé. That's the one that I, like, I literally, I wait for it to come on. I get up and watch it.
1: (laughs) I've never seen it. Oh,
0: it's, oh. Okay.
1: I'm giving you a gift. Okay.
0: I'm giving you a gift. Have you
1: done The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh,
0: yeah, totally. It
1: is like. Shakespeare the it way is. the way those narratives are weaved together oh it's, it's the best so thing. good yeah
0: <laughs> honestly I don't trust anybody that doesn't love <laughs> tragedy thank you
1: exactly it's so
0: good do you think
1: you'll approach touring differently now that we've come out of lockdown after what we've just ex- yeah I yeah
0: I, I mean I am yeah I mean right now I'm super booked up yeah in a good way um but really kind of leaning towards those daytime shows
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah a late night's difficult now right so hard yeah like a post 4am bedtime i'm like uh, like three days after i'm still feeling it like
0: and you know what the thing is is like i think one thing we can leave all this like you're not grateful for your job if you're exhausted business or you're not grateful enough if you have any feelings about being away from your home or whatever it's 2022 we're yeah. leaving that in the past because yeah. it is normal to feel that way yeah. it's it's normal to have those feelings and and you're going to do a better job and be more grateful for it if you create a situation that isn't totally antithetical to who you are as a person the other 5 days a week yeah so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do that. And, and fortunately because of music production that, that, that was the thing that came out of lockdown that, yeah. that changed everything and made there be a kind of counterpoint to Miss Hands in the Air.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 Almost like a second half of the job type thing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, if any, it's, it's 50% of it or, or more for me right, at right, this point. Right.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, diversity and equality obviously is a founding principle in dance music and you're constantly very vocal about addressing the huge gender inequality um in clubland and platforming the marginalized voices without whom house music obviously wouldn't exist true story yeah do you feel like lineups are more inclusive of female presenting and queer and non-binary and trans djs now or are we still
0: oh it's totally different than it used to be right <laughs> um that's to say that it was uh, incomprehensibly bad, and we've now we've
1: seen the lineups where it's just white straight bad.
0: Uh, for sure. And uh, so, I mean, and there are people who have the actual numbers on that, mm. and I, I appreciate people who, you know, I think it is really important to 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 not just kind of like eyeball it, but to also do the data part of it. Yeah, but this is, you know. Uh, it can't just be the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to make sure that we're leaving the ladder down for for other people, and yeah. it, it's really, really, really important, and um, I'm trying very hard, like, on my radio show and um, also on shows that um, that I'm on yeah. to make sure that those concepts are not just being pushed. It's not... I like I've got enough jobs.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it can't just be it can't be just about me. It yeah. has to be about other other people. Yeah. And um I think there's a whole series of questions that yeah. have to happen there. Um you know, it's one thing to have um to have trans people on your lineup. It's another thing to make sure that they're safe in the club. Totally. <laughs> And because it's very easy to be like, well, here's this one person and we're going to protect them and we're going to give them money and all these things. And then your security bro at the door has no idea what's going on. There's not um, proper bathrooms. There's not, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. I, the issues are so big and complex that if you representation matters, but it it is not enough.
1: Totally. Yeah. That's interesting. Um I came to a residency at XOYO several years ago as well. Do you you still love curating lineups and 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 putting the concept of a show together that's not just you turning up and DJing like do you just love putting together weaving together that story? I love it. Yeah. I Going love it. Going back to the smart bar. And, I love yeah,
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Oh of course I mean it's like being able to, it's like meta DJing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And
0: and when I look back at those lineups I'm so proud of them.
1: Yeah. Do you want to do more of those as well? Those oh, I shows? would do
0: any, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, my fantasy is to someday be able to, to just primarily work out of London and have a kind of, a kind of destination show. Got you it. Know, the, we're, 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 we're,
1: like, a, like someone would do a Vegas. <laughs> right. You do a London. Can
0: you imagine oh, how great it would be to be Celine Dion?
1: Oh. Have you, have you seen her in Vegas? No. No, nor have I. I don't think she's doing it anymore, is she? But
0: no, but I love Vegas. I I love Vegas
1: because it's you, so trashy. It's, Two nights in and out. It's so trashy. I love that. Obviously, you know, it's like
0: it is. Yeah. I mean, Vegas. If you're listening, it's it's no shade It's no no
1: shade no I'm no I I love I love the artificial I mean
0: oh my god there's (laughs) this one spa in a hotel there that looks like the looks like the set on remember the time
1: oh oh, what the Michael Jackson yeah (laughs) totally it looks like that the Luxor hotel exactly where you mean Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it's
0: in it's crazy it's like gold on the inside and swans and all this I love it
1: fabulous I love that you can look out of your balcony and there's the Eiffel Tower and then there's a pyramid and there's just like,
0: Oh, heaven. I'm telling you, as a little girl that grew up in trashy parts of Kentucky, you know, my family, we had two trailers. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anything like that, I just love it.
1: Yeah. Um, now, your name has religious connotations. It does. Are you purposefully evoking the idea of the nightclub as a church?
0: You know, actually, it was really uh, more, com- more, I guess, simple than that. Right. Um, my family is we're recovering Catholics right, and uh my grandfather and my mom are particularly dedicated. My name used to be Black Madonna, which yeah. is a the uh a specific kind of icon mm-hmm. um it's like the the patron saint of Poland and um Barcelona right. and uh, I changed it to Bless Madonna to get the heck out of the way of yeah. Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. uh, but it's same concept. And really, it's just honestly, as much as anything, a tribute to my mom.
1: Yeah. Oh, nice. I always love to know what's on a DJ's rider. Would you uh, share any kind of very, strange things? Very
0: little for me, right? Because I don't drink anymore. Right. Yeah. I used to. I used to drink. I mean, I. Still would love a drink, but for the most part, I don't drink. Yeah, it used to be Kentucky bourbon because there is no bourbon that doesn't come from Kentucky. I don't care what anyone tells you.
1: Okay, (laughs) it's like
0: champagne, you know what I mean? Right, Right. it has to come from the right place. Got it. Bourbon comes from Kentucky. Okay, if it's not, it's just whiskey or whatever it is. Okay, (laughs) okay.
1: Do you have a bottle of bourbon?
0: Yeah, so usually like four roses or bullet or uh van winkle if you get lucky oh right.
1: br- i thought you i thought you meant you needed four long stemmed roses and no, you know, no 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 four, four, you don't press play until, until no no, no no four <laughs> roses
0: four roses is the name of a bourbon got it got, it's it, a, got it it's really good it's I, very
1: difficult she wants flowers <laughs>
0: no, no and then other than that it's literally it's it used to i used to have because uh, i love coca-cola i also don't drink that anymore everything is uh i'm so boring now yeah. I, I don't i don't eat sugar and i i don't drink um uh so now it's just still water yeah and uh, like a hummus and
1: cheese oh yeah healthy snacks a healthy snacks yeah, yeah. because
0: sometimes you get in and you haven't had a chance to eat
1: do you put a de- um do you put a phone charger on that's a, that's a handy one, iphone chargers right? oh
0: no i don't i i i travel with all of that stuff in my bag
1: yeah same but you know too. Um,
0: I'm crazy. If you've looked in my bag right now, you could go to like, you could go to like Antarctica with what's in my bag right right now. I'm ready. Okay. I have like all of my chargers, converters, pills, passport, everything. Anything that I'm supposed to be taking or needing. Yeah. Other than like missing a pair of clean underwear. But other than that, like my bag that I carry around on the street, you could go, you could leave the country for like six months.
1: Have you ever lost a passport? No, no, that would be a nightmare.
0: No, I've never yeah. lost a passport. I've never lost a bag. Touch wood. And I've only—I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wooden head. And I've only ever missed one connecting flight. Oh, that's a... no, no. I'm sorry. I just—I I had one flight, one connecting flight, and then uh, I've had a couple of canceled flights. But I've yeah. never, of my own mistake or traffic or anything like that i've yeah. never missed a flight
1: do you get to an airport really like hours and hours yes. early yeah, me too Like super anal about that i'll right. get to an airport four hours before take no off. problem the pressure of arriving like an hour and 20 minutes before your plane takes off absolutely not can't plus if I, I get
0: to the airport early enough i can spend a bunch of money that i shouldn't be spending
1: totally chill in the lounge buy some perfume you don't need that's
0: it if, every time yeah that lady in the louis vuitton store Oh, she's stoked to see me every time oh, I come. Oh, fancy! Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I always
0: forget a scarf. I always oh, forget nice. a scarf, and I go in and buy a scarf.
1: Fabulous. I yeah, love it's that. not bad. It's pretty good. If it's not quite as pumping as you'd like it, what's a track that you'd play to get the crowd really going? Like, what's your go-to?
0: My go-to a pumping track. You know, I I think the 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 low key like well one that is i i honestly i have to stop myself from playing it because it is like the best record of all time and I've yeah. played it too many times but I love it so much and I actually broke down and played it in Turkey. Yeah. I hadn't played it in I hadn't played it in like 2 you relapsed years. Into it, yeah. I relapsed is <laughs> the the cratebug and Jamie 326 record called right. Hit It and Quit.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Yeah. That that record if that does not move the room then they're literally dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they're actual corpses. Have you ever played uh, any kind of like funeral or wake or anything like that?
0: A funeral or wake?
1: Yeah. I personally
0: have i not. have yes I have
1: tell us about that
0: um, so this is going to sound really morbid, but it 's not because i 'm fine, yeah. but my ex long term boyfriend died in a motorcycle crash, right. and we had a little memorial thing mm-hmm. and i played i played at that
1: yeah that's lovely and it was
0: perfectly lovely. Oh, yeah. Was there a
1: dance floor, a nice dance floor moment and stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean of it was
1: celebrating like it
0: was friendly. I mm. think everybody was just kind of. I mean it was just very casual, but um, yeah, I have and yeah. I think he would have. He would have loved we would have it.
1: Loved it. We would have loved to have been there. Yeah.
0: He would have loved it.
1: What's um What's next? I know you've obviously been in the studio working on an album. What is next?
0: My album is almost done.
1: Is it? I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very
0: excited too. Um. I am in the the death throes of it right now. I have, um, so over the, after the Dua Lipa project, I signed with Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And um, it started off as a fairly humble project and then kind of exploded into something very different. Yeah. And I'm actually in the very last sessions. Okay, amazing. Amazing collaborators. Like literally today and the rest of the week before I go on tour. Um yeah my my days from this point on start at 4:30 in the morning oh, and go funny. yeah cuz i've got radio right, stuff happening right, yeah um there's a lot of com- complex maneuvering uh i i'm going to be filling in for some uh radio six stuff so yeah. i'm on that like crazy early morning nutcase shift yeah okay Uh, i was listening
1: to you last week actually i think like late morning you're on yeah you played uh you played a delight record which i love what is love oh my favorite records of all time so i was like yes
0: i am crazy about delight i think they're the best (gasps) me too lady miss care we
1: need to get her back out of retirement oh my god she doesn't work anymore i think she's just Lives in Queens, and she's kind of keeps herself to herself, as far as I know. I'd love to make a record with oh her. Oh my god, Lady Miss Care, if you're
0: listening, hello. I
1: know, I know. Finally, you're throwing a party. Who's coming and who's playing? Oh my god. Maybe pick out three names of okay top of the guest list. Those first three names on the list.
0: Top of the guest list. Well, since this will eventually happen, detail well, duo because she's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I would invite Shea Coulee.
1: Yeah, love, also
0: a hoot.
1: Chicago gal.
0: I love a Chicago gal. I would invite oh, Joe Shanahan from Smart Bar. Uh-huh. He's a lot of fun. Um, I would invite. Oh, Lucy Fizz.
1: Oh, love. Yeah. For those who don't know, Lucy Fizz, amazing dancer.
0: Just the best energy in yeah. the whole world.
1: Mad energy.
0: My little crowd surfing genius that she is. Yeah, yeah. And who would DJ? Um, Mike Servito. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rahan. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Oh, who else? Oh my god, Eris Drew.
1: Okay, nice, nice. All Sounds my, like a good night. On my Midwesterners, okay, got it. Sounds like a party, it would be a party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Oh today. my god, the pleasure was, was all so mine. Thank you are you. so lovely. Oh.
0: Mwah. Mwah. <laughs>